Good morning, White Oak. Last week, we began a new series called Full of It. In this series, we're looking at John chapter 10 and the full life that Jesus brings. John 10.10 reminds us that the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Jesus says he came to bring us life, but not just any life, full life. So for much of this series, we will be talking about how we found full life in Jesus and what this full life looks like. Last week, Nathan shared with us the very important part of finding it. Nathan's big idea was to know the voice which leads to full life. It's important we follow the right voice. In our journey through life, we can be on paths that lead all sorts of places. In order to find the path to full life, we have to follow the voice of Jesus. The three questions we're asking in this series are big ones. They're universal questions asked by almost everyone on the planet. Who am I? Why am I here? And how am I to live? Uh, what we're talking about is our identity, our purpose, and our mission. This week, we're looking specifically at the question, who am I? I mean, just think about that question. You might have a different answer depending on the day. We are all searching for the answer to that question. It's tied to what we do. We ask kids in high school what they want to study and what they want to be when they grow up. Because we believe that what we do is directly connected to our identity. Problem is, for a lot of us, you could turn around and ask them that same question when they're in their 30s. Either they have not found fulfillment in what they're doing, or we rarely do, or they just have this overwhelming sense that something is missing. Have you ever made a list of all the things that you are? I've seen them online sometimes. They say things like, I'm a husband, a father, a pastor, a son, a brother, a friend, a runner, a coach. Those sound really cool. And it's neat sometimes to make a list of all the things that you are. Here's the problem. Our identity can easily get connected to those things. And like it or not, what do we do when something happens and we no longer are one of the things on our list? Let's start small. If a big part of my identity, and hear me here, when we say identity, what we're really talking about is where does my value come from? When we look in the mirror, what gives me worth? So yeah, if a big part of my identity is tied to being the coach of my son's team, what happens when I can no longer do that? Maybe I'm not asked back. Maybe he's graded out and that season for his life is over. Where does my value come from? What if a large part of my identity is wrapped up in being a pastor? What happens when all of a sudden I'm no longer a pastor? 
where do I get my sense of worth? You see where this is going? Things happen. Life happens. Transitions happen. And what was true yesterday may not be true for you tomorrow. So when our identity is based on some of these things, even when they're good things, they may not be permanent. And if you strip away all of that, can you answer the question of who am I? There's a story that Jesus tells about a young man who struggles with his identity. In the book of Luke, chapter 15, there are three parables or stories that Jesus tells in succession. It's one of those places where we have Jesus sharing what in essence is three versions of the same story with us. All three of these stories have a common theme. They are, at their core, about value. What is something worth? See, Jesus would often use stories to address a question that was being asked, or to address a situation that was hard. In Luke chapter 15, the Bible tells us that tax collectors and sinners had gathered around to hear Jesus teach. Some undesirable people had come to hear Jesus. Some people, these Jewish religious leaders at the time, they, they looked down at those who came. The Pharisees, those religious leaders of Jesus' day, they were muttering to themselves, Jesus welcomes sinners to eat with them. Now tax collectors were Jewish people who had betrayed their own kind, right? By going to work for the Roman government. They collected taxes from their own people and often collected more than what was required in order to get rich off of the excess. So Jesus spent time with these outcasts and sinners. Anyone who didn't live up to the standard set by the Jewish Pharisees, these people were viewed to have no value. In the eyes of the religious leaders, they were worthless. No one should entertain them. No one should speak to them. No one should spend time with them. But Jesus did. So when Jesus heard them whispering about who he was spending time with, he told them three consecutive stories, all about lost things. The story of the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son. The stories are all unique, but share a common theme. Something of value is lost. And the person who owns the lost item will search without end until what was lost is found. It's the story of the lost son that I want to direct your attention to. It begins in verse 11 of the 15th chapter of Luke. In this story that Jesus tells, there's a young man who is struggling with his identity. He's part of a wealthy family, but he doesn't feel like he belongs. So he asks his father for his portion of the inheritance early. He wants to leave his family in a way, he's wishing his father was dead. The father grants his request. 
and the son takes his money and leaves for a nearby country. The Bible tells us that the young man squanders his wealth on wild living. The young man didn't identify with his family, so he went looking for it in wealth and independence and in wild living. Uh, but guess what? He doesn't find identity in those things either. Starting in verse 14, look at what happens next. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen in that country, who sent him to the fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. He's in a foreign country with no money and no family and no identity. This is what we call rock bottom. That can be okay though. There is a lot of clarity when we reach this point. In Jesus' story, it says this. It says, the young man came to his senses. He came up with a plan. He would go back to his father and ask to be a servant in his father's land. The Bible says, I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. How many of you have ever felt that way? How many of you have ever found yourself in a situation, found yourself in a mess that you have created, found yourself broken and embarrassed, and your thought when it came to God was, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son or daughter. I can remember vividly moments in my life when I had to go to my parents and tell them about something stupid I had done. I had to fess up to something because they were about to find out. You know what? Every time, no matter what I had done, no matter what kind of mess I'd gotten into, no matter how bad the situation was, my fear was worse than the reality. Were there consequences? Yes, absolutely. But the overwhelming story that I got from my mom and dad was love. Unconditional love. And I know that might not be the case for everyone in this room, but I want you to know that if you've ever felt unworthy of being called a son or daughter of our Heavenly Father, that is simply not true. Here's our big idea today. Your identity is not based on what you do. It's based on who you are, and you are a son or daughter of God. This young man begins to make his way back to his father's house. He's got this speech prepared. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. I know you've done this before. I mean, I've done this before in my married life. Messed up 
driving home, practicing my apology in my head. But I love this part of the story. Look at verse 20. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. Can you picture this father sitting on his front porch? He's been sitting there for months, maybe years, every evening, ending his day just looking out at the horizon, wishing, hoping that his son would come home. Filled with compassion, he ran to him. That young man, that sinner who some say has no value, that person coming back home is you. And it's me. Every one of us has felt unworthy, like we don't belong. Every one of us has searched for our identity in the wrong places, only to come back home feeling like we don't deserve love and acceptance. This father, he runs to his boy. Fathers in biblical times did not run. It was undignified. But you throw off perception and social norms when the thing you have been longing for returns home. The son tries desperately to get his speech out. I've sinned. I'm no longer worthy. Shh, 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 says the father. Quick, bring me a robe, a ring for his finger, sandals for his feet. Kill the fattened calf. Tonight we celebrate because, of, because this son of mine was dead and he's alive again. He was lost and he is found. That's how God reacts every time one of us finds our way home. Last week, Nathan said that in order to be on the path to full life, we need to know the voice to follow. And that the voice of Jesus will lead us home. We get lost. We get sidetracked. We get off course, looking for our identity and our value in all the wrong places. We look for it in performance, in family, in pleasure, in stuff. We look to fill ourselves with anything and everything, but the true path to fulfillment is found in following the voice of Jesus. And that voice always leads us back to God. In this story, Jesus tells that there is another brother, an older brother, and he is remained home. He's with the father the entire time. He doesn't think much of his younger brother. Maybe you can relate. This older brother is the responsible one. He doesn't take time off. He doesn't waste his father's money. He's dependable. He's outside and his dad asks us if he's going to come in to the party. This older brother is bitter. In Luke chapter 15, it continues in verse 25. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called to one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come home, he replied. So your father killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother, 
became angry, and he refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you, never disobeying your orders, yet you never gave me even a young goat so that I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad, because this brother of yours was dead, and he is alive again. He was lost and is found. Some of us find our identity in the pursuit of being good. We feel like that we're the older brother. We look around and we feel valued because we can be better than those around us. We struggle with the grace and the second chances that others receive. It can make us bitter. We can feel sometimes like grace is not fair. Let me remind you, your identity is not based on what you do. It's based on who you are. And you are a son or a daughter of God. I love what the father and the story says. And really, this is what our heavenly father says to each and every one of us. You are always with me, he said, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and he's alive again. He was lost and is found. The story Jesus tells is about a young man who loses his way in life and he finds his way back. The boy felt like he had no value but he was reminded that he has value found in his identity as a son of his father. Likewise, we find our identity and our value not in what we do, not in our success or our failures, but we find our identity in being a son or daughter of our Heavenly Father. God, the creator of the universe, Jesus told this story to illustrate a point to a group of people who looked down on the others as sinners. The Pharisees looked at people who were not like them with disdain. Jesus drives home the point that we are all loved by God, no matter how far we've wandered. The series is called Full of It. We are searching for the full life that Jesus offers, the first step in claiming the full life that Jesus offers is understanding who we are. When we are in Jesus, we are promised the Holy Spirit. So it's not the world that fills us. It's not performance that fills us. It's not even family that fills us, but it is God himself. Look at what Paul tells us in Romans chapter 8, verses 14 and 15. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear. 
again, but rather the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. No matter how you've seen yourself, no matter what you feel about your value, Paul tells us that we are all children of God. The list of things you use to measure success in your head are all temporary and at any point in time could disappear. The thing that's permanent is the fact that you are a child of the King. Our big idea today is that our identity is not based on what you do. It's based on who you are and you are a son or a daughter of God. Today, I want to offer an action for the week. I want you to look for real ways that you can establish your identity as a child of God. What steps do you need to take to see yourself as loved by God? No matter your mistakes, look for ways to shift your view from performance to belonging. Some of you who are listening to this have never accepted Jesus. You don't have a personal relationship with Him. Man, I'd love to talk to you more about what having your identity in Jesus and the full life that He offers looks like. You can email me at ksmith at thewocc.com. I'd love to talk more. There are a lot of things in this life to be full of. Most of us will search for significance in more ways than we can count. But true joy, true peace, true identity comes only through the full life that Jesus offers. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. And Jesus has come that you may have life and have it to the full. Would you pray with me? Generally, Father, thank you so much for today, and I thank you so much just for the opportunity to be known as sons and daughters of you. God, we are so thankful for Jesus and for his death and his burial and his resurrection that gives us access to be called your children. We thank you for Jesus. It's in his name that we pray. Amen.